Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into uh, we get into the um, dude. <laughs> we get into a different band, different artist. Every week we get into the 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 music, how it was made, the lyrics, artwork, and uh, everything in between. And we try to have a good time doing it. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. While you're listening, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and five stars only. All the social media is at Asinine Radio. Oh, so go follow us there. Tell all your friends. Share everything. And uh, that's it. the podcast. That's all I have. That's all I have for the uh, the boring <laughs> intro. So let, let's jump into the album of the week. Uh, what are we doing this week, Jeff? Go. We're doing uh, the Buck Owenses in their album, I've Got a Tiger by God, uh, Tiger by the Tail. <laughs> Buck Owens and his Buckaroos. And yeah, this buckaroos. one, uh, this is, uh, I think this is like his ninth or 10th record. Came it's out, like recorded in 1964. Record. Is it? No, I thought it was like his 10th. It oh, was like his 5th Whatever. So, yeah, it came out in 1965, recorded in uh, December 1964. Or, came out in 1965, recorded in December 1964. Yep. Uh, Buck Owens, yeah, he's yep. um, truly one of the m- most ins- ins- inspirational influential i should say uh country artists of all time right yeah for sure you'd agree with me on that absolutely yeah i mean he he developed what what is now called the bakersfield sound uh which is very everybody's taken from that you know that hot that hot sounding guitar the slide guitar it's uh it's something truly truly iconic as honky tonk as his music is it's it's uh it's iconic it's and it's very very influential yeah yeah it's good stuff. So, so yeah, I mean, that's that's a little bit about like a little synopsis of, of this guy, Buck Owens and those Buckaroos. So let's get into um, what am I trying to say here? Let's get into our origin story of Buck Owens, and then uh, we'll get into this album. Uh, I've got a tiger by by the tail. So what do you got? Go. I mean, I know it's your first time potting, um, but we usually start with the know, why of, so of Tom DeGlong. Tom Tom DeGlong. Tom Tom DeGlong. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we were doing a six degrees because we we usually do that during the album rankings, but there were no album rankings this week. But know, if you got one, yeah, let's let's I know, connect. Let's I know, like I I figured you would have done one. I figured you'd be like, oh, I know, like John the Davis' dad played for Buck Owens keyboard. <laughs> duh, duh, duh. So I did I did a different one. I went a different route. Okay, yeah. What do you got then? Oh, the, and and for anyone listening, this is where we connect our uh our boy Tom DeLong with the uh, the artist of the week. So Tom DeLong or Buck Owens to, to Tom DeLong here. So what do you got? Tom Brumley, Tom Brumley, the uh, the pedal steel guitarist. He's yeah. not he's not English in any way. He's from Missouri, Missouri. Um, mm-hmm. But fuck, I think I just erased it. Wow, that's fun. This is this is a great episode, dude. We might have, we should wow. just start over. Honestly, that was bad. Well, we should just no. Let's just keep going, baby boy. This is keep. This is it is what it is, right? It is what it is. That's yeah, no no list. I, I didn't I didn't uh, so whatever Tom Brumley did something with somebody. Oh my God! Just let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good one. I had a good one too. It's Fucking it went to the Eagles on, and it went to Tim Armstrong. It hit, was a good one hit, too. Hit Command Z on your keyboard. No, I didn't race it now. I raised it earlier. Oh okay. 
No, okay, no, I got it. Fuck off. I'm looking at it right now. All right? Because you can look at the edits on your on your dock. Edit, right? edit, 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 edit. Regina Spector. So Tom Brumley, who is a pedal steel guitarist for Buck Owens, he was in a band called Stone Canyon Band with Randy Meisner. Randy Meisner was a founding member of the Eagles, who eventually mm-hmm. had and played with Joe Walsh. Joe Walsh had Tim Armstrong on his last album. What? Joe Walsh had Tim Armstrong on his last no, album. Oh. Okay, this is fun. I, well, right. you said well, I thought you couldn't hear me. I thought maybe I'd turn my volume up. Joe Walsh had right, Tim Armstrong on his last album. Tim to Travis, Travis to Tom. That that that. Wow, six that was right easy, there, baby boy. Yeah, that was really easy. It was easy. Now you could even say Tim to Tim to Blink because Tim was on the last Blink record. That is true. You even said that, or Tim on the Boxcar record. He's on that one too. I need six. That's one, two, three. I said only five, so it doesn't make any sense either. Either way. Whatever. Moving yeah, on. Who cares? I don't care. I did my homework. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. So what's your what's your origin story with uh with Buck Owens? Go. I don't I don't remember like exactly what it was, but I know the first song that I've ever heard by Buck Owens was Act Naturally. And I know it came when I was like getting a little bit more into country music and I was I was venturing off from like the Alan Jacksons and the Garth Brookses and stuff like that. So I was downloading some stuff off Kazaa for free. Don't care. But Act Naturally is definitely like my earliest memory of Buck Owens. And that is my favorite song by Buck Owens. That is that is just Really? That is the fucking bee's wow. knees right there. You you cannot beat that song. It is unreal. It's good, but damn, dude, it's not that good. It is Shit. fucking good. I, I, dude, you don't okay. fuck around with that song. It's one of the greatest of all okay. time. It literally, literally, okay. is one of the greatest songs of all time. And this is all because you downloaded it off of Kazaa. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, wow. this this stems from like my mom listening to. I mean, much like your mom probably listened to a lot of the horrible, horrible pop country in the nineties. Just awful, yeah. awful shit. But like, there were some Shania good Twain, things in there, Garth right? Brooks. Like, there were some good things in there you could piece together. Like, I, I like Chattahoochee by Alan Jackson because I like that riff, that guitar riff, that like that's cool. I'm like, okay, so maybe I can listen to more Alan Jackson. But then I realized Alan Jackson fucking sucks. Everything else he did sucked fucking balls, and I hate it. But where can I go from there? Like, what were some of Alan Jackson's inspirations? And this is before Wikipedia. It was before, like, we could just Google, like, what were Alan Jackson's inspirations? So you had to kind of, like, search forums. Like, oh, Alan Jackson took inspiration from this guy. Who took inspiration from this guy? Who took inspiration from Buck Owens? And that's really where it led to, was doing that kind of research. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where you're at. All right. Um, My origin story is is my grandpa. because I, so I don't remember listening to Buck Owens specifically, but my my grandpa he just he was always working on the house or working in the backyard, and growing up spending so much time out out at my grandparents' house uh, in San Bernardino, um, I was always around him, and he always had the radio on like the old country western station, which is at the time was K Frog, out in the Inland Empire, and um, yeah, dude, it would they would play Buck Owens, they would play Johnny Cash, they would play like all this like Lawrence Welk, like, just a bunch of like shit that nobody listens to nowadays um but but a lot of my childhood 
was was based around that that country music and just hanging out with my grandpa in the backyard or the front yard wherever it was and buck owens would always come on because it was just so different and it didn't he doesn't sound like any other country artist it's his vocals are way too honky-tonky his the music itself is like way more just hot sounding like that's the best way to put his sound it's just it's just different um so yeah i mean just growing up as a kid and then it wasn't until like I was an adult and you started bringing up Buck Owens more like just hanging out and then you showed me this record I've got a tiger by the tail and then it just I mean just this record is just incredible stupid good good. stupid good yeah stupid I mean every song instead of like two one or two songs every song has its own its own little flavor to it. it it you know every song really stands out from the other and that's what makes it so fucking rad and he does the same goddamn thing. It's just how he does it. I, I don't know. I, that makes no sense at all. But no, it does because um, we'll get into it. But it does. The guy, the guy, like like lyrically, vocally, musicianship wise, there's not much to him. There's not much depth to him. But it's about like his. It's it's how he utilizes his voice, his playing style, the harms, how he utilizes Don. And how he utilizes yeah. everybody else in the band, the sequencing of this album, like everything about this fucking album is like meticulous and perfectly placed. It's true, yeah, so very, very good. true. And it, it, not only that, but he just sounds like he's having so much fun, mixed with like the the kind of bounciness of the of a lot of the songs. Um, it's it's he he has this certain like carefree spirit with his with his with his vocals, and um, I think that's another thing that that makes him stand apart from a lot of even like pop country stuff in the eighties and nineties. Like they tried to do this kind of this, this fun loving kind of style, but it never really, I don't feel like it ever really translated the way that Buck Owens did. Also Buck Owens had a TV show, you know, for fucking 30 years, you know, like a, like a kid's TV show for 30 years. That was wildly successful. Dude, I'll tell you, man, like, like in recent, probably in the past, like six months to a year, I've been getting like Roy Clark, and if you want to talk mm-hmm. about a guy that shreds at the fucking guitar in the way that like Ingve Malmsteen does, you listen to Roy Clark. That guy. I really have never really listened to his music. Dude, Roy Clark is one of the greatest shredders that have that is not talked about at all. That guy shreds at the guitar. It is unreal. Okay. He he legit should be top ten. Guitars <laughs> He's just gonna of bring him time. up out of nowhere. <laughs> Because he was on Hee Haw. It was, it was Buck Owens and, and oh, Roy okay. Clark on Hee Haw. That's true. It was. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I forgot that it was him. I thought it was, um, I don't know who I thought it was. I don't know who I was thinking, but you're right. Yeah. Roy Clark, dude, like the guy fucking shreds. And I, again, these, these, uh, working at a record store, collecting records now, like we know, these records are worth like $3 at most. Oh, yeah. You can buy a clean Nobody copy of them. the album of the week for like three, five bucks, and it's fucking tragic. And yet we're spending. You know, quintuple the amount, ten times the amount for fucking other bands that are garbage. For the shitty just, Limp Biscuit live record that we got, oh, dude, forty dollars for a <laughs> shitty live Limp Biscuit record, and it's like know. you cannot give away Buck Owens, and it's just absolutely tragic. Yeah. I know. Me. So, so I mean, I have this on vinyl as well, and when I when I bought it, because I bought it on Discogs for a dollar. Back when we first started collecting, and and I even got like the it said like the jacket was like poor poor to good, I'm like you know it's a dollar I don't care you know I just wanted a bunch of shit from this particular seller, and they actually DM me saying you know just to let you know there's like a chunk missing out of the jacket, 
I, I think a dog bit it, the the corner off of this jacket. I said, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's a dollar. Like, are you sure? Yeah, it was like a. It's just like you. But he actually reached out to me and DM me just to let me know that a dog bit a part of the jacket off. He was of scared it. of that rating. I mean, that's how shitty fucking <laughs> online marketplaces. Yeah. Yeah, like but, honestly, uh, they just, yeah. I was on a tangent side note here. Listen to like Roy Clark. Listen to his live stuff. Listen to how yeah. fast that motherfucker plays the guitar. And it's just, it's crisp, it's clean. He is so good. Was so good. I mean, good. he's just one of those names that you you always hear about, but you never, you never go listening. Like, it, it's such a basic name. Really, it, like James Taylor. You know, another guy. Just I, mean, take, I don't really just take care two for his fucking music fir- Just anymore. take two fucking first names and throw them together. <laughs> Roy Clark and James Taylor. It's so true. Dude, James Taylor was like the perfect comparison. Just the most fucking generic, boring ass name, dude. Just, yeah. Your name and is I, two I even, names. I even listened to Jay, the the one James Taylor record I have, and I'm going to purge it. It's like, why do I want this? Just need the greatest It's hits. not as good at... It's really not as good as I remember the one record. I don't even remember the fucking name of the record right now. We have Sweet Baby James, Mudslide Slim, James Taylor, Subtitled, Little Man Dog. It, it's the one where he's wearing the like the blue denim. It's like kind yeah, of a close up of his face. That's Mudslide. Yeah. That's Mudslide Slim. Yeah. That's yeah. a fucking fantastic album. Nah, I listened to it. I just I'll never listen to it again. Oh. Purge, okay. Purge. It's got Carol King on. It. That's alright though. I don't care. I don't care who has on it. it doesn't have Tom DeLonge. I don't care. <sighs> anyway, I've got a tiger by the tail. Um, I, I think we've already kind of gone over our first impressions of this one. We we absolutely love this record. We love Buck Owens. Uh, so let's. Um, I'm. We're, I know we're going to be talking a lot about extracurriculars, the individual band members as we go through this. Um, do we have any stinkers on this record though? No, I have no stinkers, and I want to start with Act Naturally, and then I want to get into our least bangers, and then go from there. That's what I want. Okay. Do. So act naturally. I'll just say this right now. It's bottom tier on this record. That's, I mean, so it's not part of the record. This it's was not. never it, really part of the recording. record. But like, it wasn't a live recording. According to this Spotify version, it's a live recording. But this was their first like official foray into the top country music char- charts. This was like their first big hit was, was act naturally. And this was 1962, 1963. So this is their first hit. It is not a live recording. The one on Spotify is a live recording, but the one that was released originally is not a live recording. Have you heard the not live recording of it? Pretty I did similar. not listen to it. It's pretty. No. It's pretty much the same. But dude, how do you not like that? How do you not instantly love this song? That's what I want to fucking know. I mean, it, it's fine. There's there's really nothing wrong with it at all. But I think in the context of the record, throwing this at the end, it just I just didn't really care too much. I, I, I really didn't because I mean this song and this old heart are are the two extra songs. Um, yeah, fuck just, that song. Just yeah, I, I don't care about that song. But really like this, at all. this song made the Beatles a fan of Buck Owens. Like dude, True. Ringo and Lennon were massive Buck Owens fans. Like, and then the legend has it they had a standing order that whenever Buck Owens released a record, his label would just automatically send the Beatles a, a, a copy of his new record because they loved Buck Owens so much. And you can see the similarities. That's so cool. Like genre aside, yeah. they're the kind of the fucking same band. Like they write kind of the same exact pop music. Well, the structures are pretty much the fucking same. Genre aside. Eh, I guess so. I guess so. But it's not like it's, it's not like either band was doing, for the most part, they weren't doing anything 
outside of the pop rock realm. Not in the early to mid sixties, no. Or pop pop realm, yeah. So I mean, it's it's I mean, it's an easy comparison. The Beatles were doing what everybody else was doing. But nobody did it like the Beatles and nobody did it like Buck Owens because these are so, these, but that's these songs the are so fucking catchy. They are. Yeah. The, the, like pop music exists in two realms, right? Like either quote unquote popular music, just what is popular at the time or pop music as a genre. Just it's, it's, it's catchy. It's melodic. There's not much to it. It's based around melody. That's pop music, the genre versus like pop music, the concept. And like no one did it better than like the Beatles. In the 60s. Like, this is fuck off. Maybe the Beach Boys kind of, like, held their own a little bit. But, like, nah. Mm-hmm. Dude, the Beatles, like, they have that. But so did Buck Owens. Like, the dark horse in this yeah, in this race true. here. Yeah, that's true. Every that's song true. on here. Even the songs that, like, are my least bangers are, like, They're the catchiest songs. <laughs> like, the, the fucking catchiest songs. They are really good. I mean, yeah, every song on here. Outside of the, like, the, the main songs are all just incredible really really incredible i mean there, there are two songs that are like okay this this is i don't want to say it's more of the same but it's just it's just they're good they're great pop songs but it's like okay you did it better in this song you did it better in that slow song but i get it it's still i'm not even great. i'm not even done with act naturally yet i don't know why you don't love this song okay i love his voice it's, here it's a good song again the first real single to help him get big yeah he didn't like it at first it was given to him he's no. like nah dude i don't like this it's not for me but his, his his homie Don was like, nah, dude, this this is you right here. This is you right here. He's the one that pushed him to record it. He was the one that pushed him into it. And like mm-hmm. that's like that's that relationship. That's a symbiotic relationship between Don and Buck. Don is the one that essentially made Buck Owens Buck Owens. Right? Had it he not did. been for Act Naturally, we don't know if Buck Owens would have blown up. But he did blow up because of Don, because Don pushed him to do this. And I just, I, this song has such a great swing to it. And the way, like, the song builds to the key, like, to act Mm -hmm. naturally, that last yee part, dude, yee is so pleasant, so (laughs) great. It's just, oh my God, I fucking love it. Oh, so give, I got goosebumps. I rolled up my sleeves to show you, but you're not here, but you can see the goosebumps. I can see the goose, literally have goosebumps. Hate that word too. Goose flesh. Oof. Who says goose flesh? That's like a very, that's like a Britland thing. They say goose flesh over there. That makes there. sense. Everything over there is just fucking <laughs> ass backwards and ridiculous. <laughs> I can't wait to get to get the message from Skip. You know, I don't know. Never mind. At four <laughs> in the morning, he'll bring and, it up. And fucking, he'll bring it up. All the odd hours of the day where normal people sleep and the vampires <laughs> over there in England, downing like pints at the pub. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, moving on. Um, we don't, we don't have to yeah, act, act we naturally. Don't like, act naturally, I don't get it, but that's all right. Because it, it's not on the record. It's not on the record. We have more to talk about here. Okay, here we go. What's what's your what's your lowest bees? Let's get out. Let's get those out of the way. I mean, lowest bees are like I said, act naturally in this whole heart because I mean, they don't belong on the. They're not on the record. They're live. They're live songs. Well, I mean, they're um, not but then on the record, yes. So a maiden's prayer, great, great instrumental. I I really do love the song, but. It's not. It's not really necessary, but it's fun. That's not and what then, we love about Buck Owens. Yeah, exactly. But it's a solid instrumental. Um, if you fall out of love with me, is <sighs> is my actual like proper song, uh, lower lower tier uh, actual song on the record. Yeah. So where does that one sit for you? It's my AB. Okay, so I, I love mean, that song so much. Close to it. I mean, it's just like it's a slower song. If this if is there's his, gonna be filler, this is his this acoustic would be a emo song. song. That's what this is. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's true. But I mean, he did it better on on some of the earlier tracks. He did. He really did. I mean, and and, and, and like I said, it's not to say this is a bad song by any means, but it's just kind of already heard it, heard it, Buck. So, if anything, it's it's a filler Buck Owen song on the record. So I don't know. Do you have anything? Okay. Do you have anything on this one? I mean, I have a lot of notes on everything, but we can just get. I to mean, the, what, what else do you have good, on this good one? Stuffs. It's a good song. I, I like. I like. It's a cute song. It's also very basic. I get it. But I like that you can really hear Buck pull out all the country tricks with his voice, right? The like the the Hank Williams yodel and the Jimmy Rogers even yodel. Like there's a lot of cool things that he's doing with his voice that he doesn't normally do because he's not very good at it. And so it's just mm-hmm. it's just kind of like I, I I don't know. I he's not a bad singer, but he's not a great singer. He's a very medium singer. Because even like Doyle, right? The the oh Doyle rules. Doyle on here has more <laughs> range and dynamic than Buck Owens does. Oh yeah, for but sure. Like, why is Buck Owens' voice so fucking endearing? Why is it so easily digestible? It's because, because songs he's so like happy. This. But it's also because he sounds so happy. Like he he has a great way of just of express. Like he he just the way he expresses himself is just so. It seems so pure and so honest and so carefree at times. And like, who cares about his range? I mean. It's, it's just the way it's, it's, it's the crazy that like it. like his bass player has like three yeah. octaves on Buck Owens. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's that's you're just on that one song. <laughs> just that one song alone. Crazy. So yeah, have uh, you ever uh, listened to to Doyle's uh, his uh, his solo records? I, I I I made it a point to listen to this week, and then I didn't. I did the same exact thing. Yeah, I meant to listen to it, but I did not do it. Because I'm too caught up in Buck Owens, and like when I, when Spotify stops playing Buck Owens, it plays things that I think will like similar, and then like it's but playing no. old school stuff that that I usually just put in the dollar bins or just like give away, like Johnny Mathis stuff or or anything else of that era. And it's like, damn, dude, some of these guys have fucking good songs. Good God! So my country playlist is is building bigger and bigger. And it's, <laughs> nice. it's nice. Yeah, it is. It is. But yeah, those uh, and, those two and, are kind of my lower my 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 lower bees, and really uh, the um, lyrically, this entire record is about heartbreak. You know, getting dumped by a girl or just being head over heels for a girl. It's like one of those those two things, and there's really nothing in between. Very, but very I like much that. of the time. Yeah, very, yeah, very typical, very fifties, sixties, you know, type of lyrics. Um. All right, so let, let's um, fuck it. Let's get into the our top our top bees. Start from the top. What what do you what's your one B here? My one B is the title track, dude. I've got a tiger by the oh, tail. Hell yeah. That's my one B. That's fuck my with one B. You well. don't fuck with it. And like you cannot. Dude, so 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 country songs are a dime a dozen and and still to this day, I think there's so much shit that's playing like like uh, stagecoach that sounds fucking identical to this, just not as endearing. Mm-hmm. But I've never heard a country song start off that stupid. <laughs> that uh, that objectively stupid, that I've got a like, what are you doing? By the tail. <laughs> Who said? Told you that would be a good. This is the first time he's done on record like this too. His other yeah. records he did prior to this, he's never done something like that. Who told him that was okay? And like, why did he think that was a good idea? But God, because he did it, it will live on forever, as being like I, I totally one agree. of the best intros in country music history. And he does it in every chorus too, because uh, everything stops. Everything stops. Go, and it's just everything him. stops, and then there's no harms. God, uh, and then everybody drops in, like vocally, musically, everybody drops in. Tiger by the tail, 
Ah, it's, dude, it's like, I, I love that chorus. It's like what hardcore kids, live God, and then everybody comes in, right? But it's like, it, yeah. it's just him by himself, and it just makes no sense, and it sounds like complete garbage, but it's so endearing, <laughs> and you've got to love it. I know, I love it. It's a great, it's a great, just that, that one little part is a great thesis statement for the rest of the record. The kind of goofiness, off the wall, carefree, fun feel of the entire record. Just that, that, that opening line. Opening line is, is just, it sets, sets everything, everything in motion on this record. I love it. I fucking love it. I love And then these, just like, you know, what? I'm sorry. What? I love these verses though. The, the, the verses like That's what really, into, yeah. really make it for me because the chorus, you get the harms, everybody's coming in hard. Like everyone's, everyone's, it's this full wall of sound, but the verses is just buck. And well, I thought mm-hmm. the day I met you, you were me against a lamb. And so you lamb. get that, that really kind of like middle ground, that meaty, that mediocrity there, that that middle sound that's just like, dude, your voice is not that great. You sound, and like we were joking about earlier, but he sounds like Goofy at times. Like, hey, yo, how you doing? Oh, he does. Yeah, he sounds like Goofy. <laughs> very, very Goofy. Yeah, but like that's what that's what like brings down those walls, right? You 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 break those mm-hmm. like emotional barriers. You get into people's like like heartstrings and you tug at them and you pull at them. And that first verse, right after that chorus, and the fact that he starts so many of these songs off with the chorus, it's like half of these songs know, start off with the fucking chorus, it's right out the gate, fucking do it, let's go. <laughs> the hooks are so oh, good, man. But also with the with the verses too, I you hear a lot of Beatles, just that yeah. that kind of that that kind of rock and roll blues rock, really just rock and roll um, feel to it, and that's how the verses the verses go. And then yeah, like we said, it stops, drops right back into that hook in the chorus. Um, just the, the, the back and forth, because I mean, really, um, they're, they're just so different. The chorus and verses are so different, just musically, melodically. Um, and the verses are just way more subdued, which generally verses are in, in songs, but, but not, but not to this extent, like this, there's a lot of nuance every step of the way in this, in this, in this one song. So I, I just, I think it's, it's just incredible. Just absolutely incredible. It, it, it I, the only other band I can really compare, like Buck Owens and the Buckaroos to, is like the Beatles. Because I mean, like Buck Owens had several albums prior to the Beatles' first album, but yeah. there's so much fucking Buck Owens, I guess, in the Beatles, in their their heyday before Rubber Soul, right? That that yeah. early '60s era that is objectively catchy, but like nobody fucking really likes. People pretend they like it, but like nobody fucking likes that shit, dude. <laughs> nobody likes, nobody likes Hard Day's Night. Nobody likes fucking Help. Nobody likes Please Please Me. Help, nobody likes but that no, shit. Help, Help is actually good though. Help is a good record. No, it's fucking not a good record. Yeah. None of that shit is a good record. It's it's catchy, it's fun, it's cute, but like fuck that shit, dude. I, I, it's kind of interesting because Help is the record that has the cover of Act Naturally on it, which is kind of funny. The one that he did with Ringo Starr. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yes, really? I'd never... Okay. Damn, it's bro, good I'm record. telling you. It's nah. You're telling me. None You're of telling that me. shit. None of that shit is. But good. yeah, I mean, there's so much okay, Beatles so, so here, we, though. We, we've, already, we, we've already, we've done a lot of Beatles comparisons because you know, it's, the, it's the insane. Just like how, like you, you throw it across the pond here, and the Beatles are trying so hard to be like this rock and roll. And even Buck Owens covers Memphis, right? The Chuck Berry song. So they're, they're yeah. trying to be like this rock and roll, like 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 old. That's a good cover too. But like the Chuck Berry one, you don't fuck with that one. So that's why it's a low well, banger for it, me. It's hard to fuck with Chuck Berry, but it's you don't still fuck great, with Chuck Berry. It's still a great. You can't. Yeah. No. But like no, the Beatles are no. trying to be like this this rock and roll thing, but really they're just sounding like Buck Owens and and country music, kind of like 
predates but also doesn't predate rock and roll music it's this whole like weird like americana amalgamation thing coming from like spirituals and folk music and it's just such a weird time in american history for music and it's oh i love it so much it's so good (laughs) so let's um let's move on from i've got a tiger by the tail or what, what do you have what do you have lyrically on this one uh, I don't know. Suppose you've written one book in, in, in Harlan, the, the guy that wrote the song. They were writing songs together and they got writer's block and Buck supposedly saw an ESSO SO gas station. Mm-hmm. And, and it said, like, put a tiger in your tank. And he got some inspiration there. Um, but it sounds like <laughs> in the song, it's about a meeting someone and later realizing they're way more of a handful than you thought. Yeah. Come to find out that, that she's actually wild. It's, that's, that's the way he kind of like describes it. Like, she's just wild. She's too wild for me. Just, just—it's so stupid. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you think she's like this quiet, innocent, meek girl, and then she ends up being too wild for him. Oh man, it's so stupid. But is 60s, it like right? you said, or like you said earlier? It's a good thesis statement for the record. It has everything we want, right? It's got a catchy chorus. It's got great harms. It shows Buck in the verses by himself, just in a great, great, flat kind of monotone way of singing. But it's endearing, it's cute, it gets us, and it's easy to digest. Yeah, totally. Totally. And let me get my 2B, Trouble and Me. Trouble and Me on a 2B. Trouble and Me. <laughs> Dude, that one-two punch, like, fuck off, man. <laughs> I know. So fucking catchy. <laughs> Trouble and Me is my my 3B. My 3B. We're old buddies, you see? And then, like, you get, like, Don <laughs> in the back, that just fucking noodling, just Omar noodling in the back? Are you kidding me? The, the whole song is so honky tonk sounding. It just has that that kind of galloping, like percussive thing going on, just trudging along. And oh my god, dude, his vocals are just so you can't get any more honky tonk vocally than than this song. Trouble in me. It's like goofy, like goofy from Disney. That's what it's like. He really does sound goofy from Disney. <laughs> dude, you hear Don like ripping it up on the guitar, and he's so oh, yeah. high on that fucking high E string. Right, that you're like, dude. There's no more riffs you can even go up on, or there's no more frets you can even fucking yeah. go up on, because it's so high. It's well, like, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> well, I mean, the the guitar solo, it's it's straight, it, it's surf rock. That guitar solo is surf rock, and then it just drops into that slide, yes. the, the slide guitar. Oh my god, dude, it's so fucking amazing. It, That's the sound, dude. That's this sound. Uh, this sound. This yeah, Bakersfield the, the sound slide guitar, yeah. and surf rock are essentially the same exact sound. The only difference. Is reverb, like that's really yeah, no, the only right. fucking you're difference right. is reverb. Same you're thing. Totally right. And but the way, but like the way they utilize like the, the minors s- scales and stuff, but the way they the way they utilize the slide guitar, Buck Owens did or the Buckaroos did was just it was so it was really over the top. It was there was it was so it's always so loud in the mix. It always sounds so hot sounding. It just kind of overtakes the melody a lot of the times. I mean, that's really all you're hearing is 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 the slide guitar, and I feel like that's another signature sound of the Baker, or that's another signature signature thing of the Bakersfield sound. I'm having a hard time talking today. That's okay. Signature but, thing um, of the Bakersfield sound. Yeah, Jesus Christ. That's <sighs> okay. But no, I really do, really do like this one, um, <clears throat> and I like how he starts like every verse by saying, "Trouble and me, we're old buddies," you see. And then he just kind of he he kind of describes a little scenario or a little story, and then he drops into that again. It's just it's very kind of he sounds kind of like a dunce, like he's kind of 
kind he's of a, a dumb he's guy. Doofus. Yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> it's just like there's just old old country boys getting in trouble, right? Yeah. Like Dukes of Hazard <laughs> over here. Like you know those rascals. <laughs> so good. I fucking love this song so much. Yeah, it's it's really that's really so fantastic. Good. Yeah, okay. I mean, the the way he laughs too, because he laughs in the song as well, and it just adds to the, just to just how silly it really is, and this entire record. He laughs. He laughs several times on these. <laughs> he does. Yeah. <laughs> goofy again, like Goofy. I wonder if no, because Goofy was around before Buck Owens, for sure. But, but yeah, he really he really does sound like Goofy. He does sound like Goofy. It's so stupid. So dumb. But uh, I don't know. Do we? Have, I mean, what do you have lyrically, or what do you? What do we have on this song? I mean, like we said, there's not a lot to talk about. Not a lot to talk about. Mostly kind of like the scene. Mostly kind of like uh, Don Rich. Mostly kind of like the relationship together. There's a lot of other cool things to talk about. But um, I don't know. We can keep going through, and then I've I've notes on other bandmates as we go along. Their biggest songs on the record. So yeah. uh, I think I think okay. we get to Wham Band. Thank you, man. We can we can talk about Don and Buck's Wham, relationship. Bam. Thank you, man. Right. <laughs> Be on my way. Don't <laughs> 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 give a fuck. You know what's funny, dude? Is like this whole week I've been playing a lot of Buck Owens <laughs> in the store, vinyl and Spotify. And I yeah. swear to God, dude. Every single person over the age of like a million now, over the age of like. 35 to 40 so pretty much our age or older knows every single one of these songs that i've been playing like, oh is this buck so yeah dude all right like 40 50 buck? like 70 people coming in this guy glenn comes in all the time he's an old guy and we just talked for like two hours he's just about like the biggersfield town he just schooled me on all this country music he's one that, that told me all about he has like, yeah i watched he Haw growing up like it was fucking great like Roy Clark and like all the Ray Cuff, all these other guys, like they're great guitarists. You should listen to this, this, this. If you like this guy or like this guy, I was like, God damn, this is so good. All right, so yeah, let, let, let's get into Wham Bam. I mean, this is my six B. You said this is your two B, right? No. Um, oh, we just did my two B. Trouble in me. Wham Bam, my seven B. Oh, then why'd you bring it up? Just because? Because we were talking fun? about like like extracurriculars, and if, I feel like oh, okay. if we're gonna talk about Don Rich and Buck's relationship. We should talk about that during Wamban because it was sung by Don. Okay. I mean, let's just do it then. Fuck Duh. it. Let's get into it now. Uh, let's get into it now. Roll. So yeah, what, what do you got What do you got on this one? Do you want to go into like the history between the two? Like what happened? What, yeah. what eventually happened? Do you want to talk about the song? What do you want to do here? No, let, let's get into all that right now. Might as so well. first of all, it's a good song. It is funny. No, it's a great song. It's hilarious. It's a cute song. I think Don Rich does a fantastic job singing this. Especially coming off of like the first few tracks and then let, let the sad times roll on and then going into like if you fall out of love with me, those are two like kind of ballady songs. So you need mm-hmm. you need a weird kind of quirky, goofy ass song in between the two. And why not have your boy John Don like sing a song? Wham bam. It's good. It's cute. And their relationship together was fantastic. Again, I don't think like Buck would have been Buck if it wasn't for Don. Having like Don push you into Even recording. Buck said that act naturally then they would not have happened and it was tragic and it was career ending essentially when when don died and buck Mm -hmm. never recovered from it but it's very if it's yeah it's a very sad little thing yeah i mean so what so don died in 1974 
Dude, he was only uh, what? He was only 32 years old. He died in a motorcycle accident uh, in like Central California or Northern no California. No skid marks. Fucking no mechanical yeah. failure. Went straight into the median. Like probably going 80 miles an hour on a motorcycle. Dude, I mean that's you're, you're dead. Like I mean, well, he did die, so he was dead. Um, but yeah, dude, I, it just what the fuck happened? What <laughs> happened? It's like, crazy. I mean, th- there had to. Well, no. If there was like an animal and he swerved out of the way, there would there would be skid marks. Going that but, fast, there would be skid marks. Absolutely. And he had to have been going that fast to die. It had to have been so, tired. He had to have been tired. Dude. He just didn't fucking pay attention. Like that's yeah. That's what I would venture to say. But like legend has it that Buck had been pleading with him for months and years prior to stop riding. And that night, he had told them to like, dude, like don't go. I I just don't feel good mm-hmm. about this. I don't feel you should be going. Just stay here. And he went anyway. And and Buck said like it was like a, it was like my dad died. It was like my son died. And it was like my brother died all at the same time. And he was he said I never was the same again. And he really yeah. wasn't. Like he never wrote like a good song after that. He kinda reached the charts well, again retired. in the eighties. Well, he kind of retired after Don died. And then yeah, it was the late eighties. He was still playing shows here and there, like locally in Bakersfield. Um, like local res like he he had like not a residency, but he played it every weekend at a at a particular restaurant. I forget it was some something buffet. I forgot the place, but I guess it's closed. Romo now. Buffet. I it up. Romo Buffet, yeah, it's closed now. Because I was like, oh dude, we should go there sometime. But um but yeah, no, he he never he never recovered. I think what he did that song with Alan Jackson or something. Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam, that's what it was. So good. Yeah. That song's fucking so good. I didn't even listen I didn't listen to it. I did not listen Dwight to Yoakam's it. Dwight Yoakam's a fucking fantastic country artist. I love his voice. I love his delivery. Yeah. I just think his songs are boring. <laughs> okay. I do. In, in the end, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. You know. Songs are boring. Whatever. You can respect yeah, somebody just, for, for a good voice and, and good delivery and stuff, but don't like their song. Like Elton John, right? Oh, uh, that's true, yeah. Great voice, yeah, but I don't care for his songs. Yeah. yeah. But his songs are catchy, though. They are catchy. Some of them. Some of them just take too fucking long. <laughs> true, true. But yeah, the, the the death of Don Rich just, just absolutely destroyed him. And you know... Normally, like with with this kind of stuff, there would be a lot of like rumors, like oh, were they lovers? You know, gay lovers or whatever. But, but I I never read I never really read anything like that. I think no, they were just it was just like they were two, just like two dudes, man, just two like just good two dudes. like best friends, like soulmate best friends. Like that's all that's what it was. And I I just I think that's so it's so tragic. It's so cool and so tragic too. It's like I don't know. It, you don't. It's it's sad. It's sad, but it's also like inspirational, I guess, because you don't hear a lot of musicians say like, "Yeah, when that guy died, yeah, like, I feel like I died too, and I was done." Because it, yeah, because it's like because guys, especially in men in the fifties and sixties and seventies and stuff, like they were they weren't nearly as vulnerable back then as they are now. So it's like for for a guy to say, "Yeah, my best friend died," and to take it that hard, that really it hits way harder than it would nowadays. Man. And let you know, it's just it, it's it was a totally different time. So, and for him to be that that open about um, his death, which he even which he wasn't for like a decade, Years. he refused yeah. to talk about the death about Don Don's death. But um, but yeah, just just really really tragic stuff all around. And you know what, what makes it worse too is that like when Don Rich left the studio because they were recording recording in Bakersfield, and Don left that that evening to drive up to like Morro Bay, which is Northern California. And uh, to go to go meet with his family because they were going to go vacation in Morro Bay, 
and uh yeah and he just that's when it happened and he left his whole family and and i guess like his his wife his the widow she ended up like creating a foundation for don and and you know up until i think she passed away but but her and uh, her her new husband you know they they created a foundation and just like kept the whole the whole kind of thing alive like his memory alive and i thought that was really cool too but just i mean it's i just don't i don't get why why this shit is not more popular like why is george Strait so fucking popular i know right like that shit when, irritates me so yeah. much even like like even if you throw in like a random buck owens record from the 60s you're still gonna have a great time like you really are like there, there's nothing he did i mean i haven't listened to everything he's done because he's put out so much goddamn music or he put out so much goddamn music but i mean everything i've heard i've always really really enjoyed it's just straight up fun country music it's not pretentious. It's not super poppy. It's just fun, man. Good stuff. I think like the more country, the, dude. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> the more the more I, I listen to country, and the more I I just I see all these artists come through the store, and and then we just give them away to people. But like Glenn Campbell's another guy that I just like Glenn Campbell, right? How many fucking records have you seen by Glenn Campbell? The dude died. Yeah, he was like 80, 90 years old. My God, he had some fucking <laughs> bangers, dude. He had some yeah, fucking banger albums. Like it's un- it's unbelievable. These old country artists that are completely lost in the sands of time. In fifty more years, they will be just name alone. And I feel like mm-hmm. Buck Owens has already kind of transcended into just name alone. Unless you That's know true. country music. If you don't know country music, Buck Owens only exists because his name is Buck. Not his real name, but because his name is yeah. Buck, like that nickname lets him live on a little bit longer. But like realistically, he should live on longer than Shania Twain's. Garth Brooks. He should live on longer mm-hmm. than anybody else in the, to the country realm. Besides I like agree. Hank Williams the first or Jimmy Rogers. Hank Williams. I think, or I think Buck, he Buck belongs be forever. I think He's Buck forever. Owens belongs in, in like the great like the top five country artists of all time. Hands down. Top five. He, ha- I mean, what he, what he's done as an artist, and what he, who he's, who he's influenced, and the whole scene, the whole country scene in general. I mean, the guy deserves to be in the top five. I agree. I mean, him I, and Johnny I, Cash, hands down. Dolly Parton, I mean, top five. Without there's, a doubt. there's, a, there's a lot of great country artists out there that have done a lot of great things. I think Waylon is up there. Yeah, Waylon too. Yeah. I think Willie's up there. I think even Garth yeah, Brooks has a place in the top spots of like 10, 15. I think he did things for country music when it was in its like death stage and revitalized things. But there's a lot of really, really great country artists that have done so much. Yeah. But like Buck Owens yeah, I mean, really mentioned. Garth Brooks only, I feel like he only deserves a high spot because, I mean, even he's though like I the, hate. He's like the Bob Welch of country music. Just kept it well, alive. Well, he's just. Kept he kept it alive, but he also he also made really good. I mean, I don't like pop country music, but he made the really only good pop country music songs that I actually like. You know, outside of some Shania Twain stuff. You know, I mean, Garth Brooks. He really he's the godfather of of modern country of pop country music. He truly is, and that's the only reason why he deserves to to sit anywhere in the top ten is because of that. But I mean, if it wasn't for, you know, earlier artists, like you said, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Cash, you know, Buck, Dolly Parton, you know, there would be no Garth Brooks. No, 
even Dwight Yoakam. I mean, I think Dwight Yoakam predates uh, Garth Brooks too. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, dude. We're we're not we're not like super country heads, but not not really. But I think we're I think we could hold our own. And what what's what's cool too about Buck Owens is that he created the sound, which later became the Bakersfield sound. Because he, he's not originally from Bakersfield. He 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 moved from like Arizona, Arizona. up to Washington, up to like he spent most of his formative years in, in Arizona. I believe it was Mesa, right? Yeah. Well, it's moved Arizona. from the fucking during the dust from bowl. Oklahoma. The Great Depression. Yeah, they, yeah they, they migrated over here to the West Coast. We're in Mesa, Arizona, I believe, for, for several years in his formative years. He moved up and down back and forth between Bakersfield and um or LA, Bakersfield and, and Washington, eventually settling in Bakersfield. And then that's when he really kind of hit his stride because he was doing a lot of session stuff in LA, but he didn't want to live in LA. So he was up in Bakersfield, which is like two hours north of LA, two, three hours. And then, yeah, that's where he really developed the sound. He has he had his own studio up there. He would always play shows up there. And that's really where he developed that entire sound. He convinced Don Rich to move to Bakersfield because Don Rich, Don Don Rich was living in, in NorCal at the time, teaching music at was it Berkeley or Chico or something like that? Yeah, something. Up there. And then he, yeah, so he eventually he eventually convinced Don to move down to Bake, Bakersfield. I almost said Baco, like I'm actually from Bakersfield. Um, and yeah, and then just he developed that sound that that particular style, and it just it absolutely blew up. And then now you know he's one of the most famous people to ever come out of that or to popularize that city of Bakersfield outside of like corn. I mean, it's Buck Owens as crazy as it is. I mean, th- those are the two biggest exports out of Bakersfield. And, well, it's um, just, it's just funny. Cause like, dude, nobody gives a fuck about Bakersfield. Bakersfield. I mean, making, why should you? It's trash. Right? It's just like, it's, nobody I mean, gives a shit about fucking Bakersfield. Yeah. It's, it's not, I mean, I've been, I've been through it a few times, but yeah, it's just, uh, there's, it's just, kind of a shitty city it's not that great. it is a shitty um, city it fucking yeah. misses the five entirely you can take the five all the way up to fucking well, canada yeah. and you miss bakersfield entirely and that's purposely because bakersfield well, even is like, fucking garbage yeah so so like you take the five north you the five north you veer off off the 99 freeway and then even after you veer off the five like it's another like hour drive on the 99 through bakersfield or maybe not, not an hour maybe like 45 minutes into bakersfield and then you just go through there and it's just like I've done it just for fun because you know it's corn because I like corn so much, but it's just it's kind of a shitty sound, shitty town, man. It's stupid. Kind of, I I I guess now it's like becoming nice because more people are moving out there because it's a way way cheaper than living in L.A. County and shit in Ventura, but so yeah, I guess it's getting nicer. But I don't know. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, who wants it's, to live it's in fucking stupid. It's stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's a stupid city. And um, but but what what it's cool about about um. Buck Owens as well is that like he he took pride in living in Bakersfield. He he was a, he was a great investor as well. Like he bought a bunch of radio stations in Bakersfield and also like one in L.A. In Phoenix. Um, like country stations or in Phoenix. Yeah, that's what it was. So like the guy was a fucking entrepreneur and he he just he he was just he's super fucking cool. And he would play like he, he had a he opened up he ended up opening a bar in Bakersfield. I forgot. It's like the, not the Crystal Palace. It's called something like that. And uh, he opened that up and he would play every weekend, you know, just local artists. And that was his thing. That's all he did for like the last 20, 25 years of his life. He just playing every weekend in his own bar that ended up costing him like $2 million to build. 
Yeah. Like it would just, it took like three years to build like some, something outrageous like that. And, uh, and I looked it up and, uh, I mean, it's still open and I did be so cool to go there one day. It's like three, I checked like a few nights ago and it was like, it took like three, it would take like three and a half hours to get there from here, from Anaheim. You know, like I was, so. I was, I was looking at, um, just, just old buildings that are iconic to, I don't know, music and movies and pop culture in Phoenix in Arizona that are no longer here. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a bunch of like stuff that have been around for a while that, that no longer exist. And uh, I think that's like, that's like this area's biggest fault. Like where I live in Phoenix and Arizona, that, that that's our biggest fault is we cannot keep things intact. And Waylon Jennings, like his first fucking show that he did was live at JD's. It was his local bar in like downtown Phoenix area. Like, why does that not still exist? Like, why is that not like an institution? You like did the fucking Viper Room, right? The whiskey, all yeah. these, all these iconic venues that been around for damn near a hundred years now. There's so many <laughs> venues, even like Anaheim at the Doll Hut. Like these things have been yeah, around for Hut, yeah. 50, 60 fucking years. And so, you, but I mean, it's it's not fair comparing the music scene of L.A. and Orange County to to the Phoenix area. It's just not fair. It's not about comparing the music scene. It's about comparing like the passion of the people here to preserve what little scene there was. And that's what fucking irritates me. That's what irritates me is like live at JD's venue. And then I think that Rumble buffet that we mentioned earlier, that was a Phoenix Mm -hmm. like buffet bar that Buck Owens had played before he moved to Bakersfield. Oh, was it, was it Arizona? I thought it it doesn't exist anymore. And I kept like looking to see where it was. I did. I did a lot of Google searches, could not find out where it was. Like it's been that long and it probably opened and closed that fast. And like also yeah. like what I didn't realize until this week was Buck was like 30 years old until he even started doing all of this stuff. He had a radio <laughs> show when like his late teens and early twenties and like that mm. was a thing and he played local bars and stuff, but he wasn't like a household institutional name until his early thirties to mid thirties. Well, yeah, I mean he was, he was a session musician. I mean, he, he's a self-taught player. He dropped out of high school um and and yeah he would he would come to LA and do session work and then that's what it, like i said that's what eventually made him move out to Bakersfield because it was cl- way closer to LA than Phoenix um yeah and then he did session work for years i don't know i don't know i'm sure he played on a bunch of obscure shit that doesn't even exist anymore but um but yeah i mean yeah when did he break out like 1961 62 yeah. was that when act naturally came out 63 was act naturally was it okay yeah, I yeah. mean that, that. I guess yeah, that's a pretty long run of of not having any success. I mean, that's, he's breaking that's out when thirty four years old. Yeah. Like his breakout hit was yeah. when he was thirty four years old. Yeah, that's pretty old. Pretty and old. Then, for and so like like Tiger by the Tail was what sixty five. So that he's yeah. like thirty fucking six. He's our age. <laughs> yeah, he's already tired. Can you imagine? Can you imagine us going into the studio and singing? Ah, God. Uh. Yeah, I mean, we'd be, like, we'd be laughed on. out of the fucking studio. Come on. Come on. <laughs> oh man. He's he's fucking fantastic. And uh fun, actually a fun little side note too. So Jonathan Davis is from Corn, singer from Corn. His dad, uh I think his name was Rick Davis, uh used to play with Buck Owens all the time back in the day because that's where Corn's from, obviously. So keyboardist. he was part of he was part yeah, he was keyboardist in, in Buck Owens band for many, many years. Jonathan Davis grew up around Buck Owens. Uh, because he would, they would bring him to the shows when he was a kid and growing up and all that shit, and um, 
so when 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 Jonathan Davis was more successful with Corn, he ended up after Buck Owens had died, he ended up buying the studio um, from the Buck Owens estate and keeping everything intact, like not keeping the sound, the original sound, or keeping all the aesthetics the same, not changing, not modernizing really anything, and keeping it his own studio, personal studio for. I think he still, I'm pretty sure he still has the studio, and he's had it for like 20 years now. He's recorded a bunch of corn shit there, like like corn demo, like demos and sh- and stuff, and his solo record he's recorded there. He's recorded other bands there as well, and um and yeah, it's just like this this kind of like auditorium, like it's like a studio part auditorium as well, and he like saying like some crazy shit happens, like the like it's kind of haunted, like he's not sure if it's haunted, and uh, just I don't know, it's just, it's just super cool how he 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 tries to keep the whole Buck Owens you know, name alive in Bakersfield and really just in general. He brings up Buck Owens all the time in interviews as well. And I think that's super fucking rad. Seeing as rad. But yeah. So good on you, JD. Good on you. Good on you, I guess. Um yeah. Anyway, so let's uh let's get back to some of these songs. Yeah. All right. So I mean so wham bam, we we briefly touched upon this one. Um wrapping this one up, I mean just wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Just the lyrics right there so stupid and the the amount of times he laughs in this song is well, makes it even man, more comical thank you man <laughs> i'll be on my way <laughs> i mean this is thank like you. their generation no, of, 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 of hit it and quit it right that's just yeah that's what's happening yeah. here so good <laughs> first thing is matrimony next thing is alimony so good <laughs> just so disrespectful so disrespectful yeah. i love it yeah that's it really exactly is, it right? Is, yeah. Fucking disrespectful. It's, it's, it's like a one night stand. It's a, it, it's it's about a one night stand. It's in the nineteen sixties version of that. It's like it's it's like he's calling a bitch a bitch without actually calling her a bitch. <laughs> is what's happening right there. A bitch is a bitch is a bitch is a bitch. A bitch is a bitch is a bitch is a bitch. God, that was that is stupid. Uh, lyrics, dude. Yeah, they those are those are lyrics. What's your right, what, what was your two be? <laughs> oh my god, that was so stupid. Um, we're <laughs> we're gonna let the good times roll. We're gonna let the good times roll. We're gonna let the good times. It's the way it's the way so he good. he he pronounces the words too. Gonna let the good, like he roll. Yeah, it's just it's almost like a glottal stop he's kind of doing. And I love it, and also you know the vandals, you know, let the bad times roll. Let the bad times roll. It's, I, I think this is just, it's so much fun. It's so, up, it's, uh, it's just so upbeat. It's a lot of fun to sing that chorus. It's like smack dab in the middle of the record. It kind of comes out of nowhere. You get like the honky tonk songs from the beginning, some slower jams, slower, sad songs. And um, there's that, that guitar line that comes, that, that guitar lead in the very beginning of the song. It just kind of. This is like the first time just, we actually hear a, great a good lead intro on yeah. the record. Yeah, told you. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. This is a fucking catchy ass song, man. That driving oh, bouncy is. bass line, the boom, 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 boom. Like that's just that's what we want to hear. And yeah. the chorus part where it slows down, and it's just like him doing the gonna let the good times roll. <laughs> and then we get that boom, 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 and then it goes back into the whole like fucking thing, the little small scale up. Oh yeah. Mm, 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 mm. This yeah, is one of only two songs in the album solely written by Buck. Is it really? I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Not a lot of and songs. And did you notice only two. how much he says just the word gonna? How many times he starts a line out with gonna? That's what you gotta gonna do, Gonna meet dude. my baby by quarter to ten. Gonna let the good times roll. Gonna be at the station when the train rolls in. Gonna let the good times roll. That's that's like, just, a, like a specific... <laughs> uh, I wrote a couple things down here based on like the rhyming schemes, but like that's a specific yeah. rhyming scheme that you do. It's which every every stanza, every line starts with the same exact word. Um, I don't know if he okay. did it on purpose or if it was just happenstance, but that's a that's that's something, dude. I would like to think of him as a poet. I I, I would uh, like to also because one of my favorite rhyming, rhyming schemes, and I've talked about it before, is on this record. So not on this song though. No, not on this song. No, I I, I don't have too much to say about it because it's it's just a straight up fun fun song yeah, not no, not good. rock and roll i mean what do you what do you just honky tonk if it wasn't for if it wasn't for the little those little scales I, this is a rock and yeah. roll song it really is like a chuck okay. berry era like little richard rock and roll song if it wasn't for the doom 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 doom, doom, doom and then the bass like the boom 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 <laughs> boom 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 yeah like this is a rock and roll song like yeah, you can hear so. you can hear chuck berry picking away at it you really could I mean, if there was a lot more, yeah, like crunchier guitar, then yeah. But I mean, still, there, there's still a ton of slide, a lot, a lot of slide uh, to accompany I mean, like, the, realistically, the, the guitar the, too. Like what separates Chuck Berry from Buck Owens is Don Rich and then Chuck Berry's the picking. Oh yeah, that's the, it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Because Buck but Owens could have been a Buck Owens could have been a rock and roll singer, and Chuck Berry could you have been so? defined. Yeah, absolutely. And Buck Owens could, or Chuck Berry could have been a fine country singer, but like what separates the two is is Don Rich and his his twangy style, his essentially surf rock vibe, just with no reverb. And then Chuck Berry's like picking, dude. Chuck Berry's picking is fucking unmatched until no, like you're the right. fucking seventies. Yeah, no, you're you're right in that. Also, you know, t- talking about the w- another thing that contributes to that that kind of hot sound is the Telecaster. Uh, I think it was like a 1952, was it 51 or 52 Telecaster um, that that uh, Don played on this record? That's or no, he, bar- he borrowed it from yeah. Buck, right? Yes. Yeah, he borrowed it from Buck and then uh, eventually he, he had it, he he got his own signature Telecaster. But uh, but no, that's what it is. That, that's, that's that hot fucking sound, that 52 Telecaster. That's, that's like killer. long and, and always been like my favorite fucking guitar of all time. And that's why I bought the bootleg version, the PV that I still own to this day that I play. Like Telecaster has just always been like the guitar that I want to play no matter what at all times. I just, I love yeah, that great sound. Guitars. I just fucking love the sound. Yeah. You know, I, I, I noticed, I realized too this week that you don't hear a lot about it, guitars like pre like 1957. It's always like you get like a 58 reissue or, or, 50, or 58 or 59 Les Paul or something like that. You never hear about like early fifties fenders or anything. I don't even think I don't know was I don't think Gibson was around in the early fifties, but but yeah, I never hear anything pre like fifty seven. Well, like, right? or am I, mean, I just like, crazy? Have you ever been to the 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 Fender Museum in Fullerton? Yeah, I went there once. Yeah, so like, so but like, I, I don't I don't remember a lot of stuff. I'm I'm just talking about like in general. I mean, obviously they existed, but. Because it, like it was it wasn't until like the fifty it. it wasn't until like the sixties really it wasn't until like the sixties for sure with Fender when well, when yeah. when like they with got the surf, they, with surf with they really got like their hold on like their sound and things like that so so but, but like the Jazzmaster was around like the late fifties early sixties 
but see that once again, that's late fifties. I'm yeah. talking about like early, like early fifties. You don't hear much about any like of the the big name guitar. Well, the, really, the only two big name guitars are Fender and Gibson. Maybe Gretsch, but even Gretsch, like it's it's like late fifties when people reference it, or sixties. Because I think and I think same same goes. I don't for, think for Fender was even a Gibson. company until like 1950, which means they probably weren't a company that you would know until like late fifties. Yeah, that's true. Maybe early sixties. But also, you know, there weren't like crazy iconic guitar players until what Chuck Berry in 1954 or 55 right like like truly iconic legendary guitar players I mean like, like realistically when right? you talk about like greatest guitar players of all time like Chuck Berry has to be I like mean, in he's the top fucking 10 dude like, he's just yeah like what are you doing bro like are you like your source material is this and you come up with this are you fucking kidding me even like blues guys like dude robert johnson son house these guys that we talk about like in the delta blues era even like muddy waters coming up but then chuck berry takes it and does that yeah you took this and made that what <laughs> how it's it's what pretty it's pretty unreal it's pretty crazy i know like honestly, I dude, I swear, I still listen to like Chuck Berry songs, and I'm still fucking blown away by how amazing they are. Yeah, what he did, what he was able to do so early on. What were you thinking? It's truly revolutionary. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, <laughs> dude. You have no right to be that good. Honestly, you have no right to be that good. Fuck you. Fuck off. All right, so that that's my two B. Let let's move on here. All uh, right. Three was trouble troubling me. What was your 3B? My 3B is actually Streets of Laredo. Okay. Yeah, Streets of Laredo is my my 4B, so let's get into that. Yeah, this is sung by the bass player Doyle from... uh, From Misfits? Is that what you're trying to say? Oh, Doyle Rules. I was was trying to think of the Happy Gilmore. Billy Madison, Jesus Christ. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I don't don't get the reference, but okay. That's all right. I, I, I confuse Billy Madison with Happy Gilmore, apparently. Um, yes, it's sung by bass player oh, Doyle Doyle okay, Doyle Holly. No, I can't even Doyle. say the fucking name. It's like an yeah, idiot it's saying Doyle Holly. Doyle Holly. Doyle. But dude has one hell of a deep voice. But he oh, also has a lot it's of been... range. <laughs> he hits the super low end like easy. Like it's just when he goes do do dum boom boom boom. That's fine. It but comes can, out of nowhere. But he can also go as high as Buck, and even higher than Buck. He has a yeah. he has a dynamic range that is higher than Buck Owens, as far as like what we can hear on this record. Mm-hmm. The chorus the chorus here is has like this slight verb on the vocals and this like super subtle slide guitar. This is one of my favorite parts on the fucking album. Like this right here, I I just I love it so much. Well, also I, like the, the guitar playing, it's it's a classical guitar, and it, it, he's not they're not playing or Don or Buck. I don't know which one's playing really the the classical on this song but yeah there it's a night you could hear the nylon strings um and and yeah it's, it, they're not playing their normal kind of leads or anything like that so it, it's it's such a uh, 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 i can't even think right now <laughs> it's such an outlier of a song it's such an outlier of a song vocally musically and every which way it's Dude, um, I, I it's fucking awesome. I love Buck Owens. I really do. But if you watch if you watch like hee haw performances with like Roy Clark and then Buck mm-hmm. and you watch Roy Clark play the fucking guitar, it's like it's literally like watching like Ingve Mossy and play the guitar and then giving it to you and then you play. Or like giving <laughs> it to me and I play. Like that's the difference between like like somebody who's really, really fucking good at what they do and then somebody who's just kinda like kinda like 
you know, just going along with the motions. But they're really yeah, good. Like, yeah. Buck is a you know, great songwriter, no doubt. But, like, dude. So I think, like, whenever you hear on this album or any of, of, of the Buckaroos album where it's like, damn, that's a good guitar part, you should just it's automatically assume that it's not Buck Owens. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's that's what I do. So yeah, so so Don's playing of that classical classical guitar is a, a real departure on this from on this record, mixed with Doyle's uh, lower lower register vocals. But really, when he drops down into that 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 really really low end, it's it's jarring. Like it, it really catches you off guard. Like what the fuck is this? This is great. It's so different. It's so good. And that's what it matches, like the aesthetic. It matches the the aesthetic of the song. It, it it gets real, real nasty, real somber, real sad. It gets real, real fast. It does. It's, I mean, the, the song is about getting in a shootout and then losing. <laughs> Lose, like who talks about who talks about losing in a shootout? It's always about being the winner, the best of the best, but never losing. And that's what it is. That's that's so exactly what it is. Good. I, so like it's it's based it's based off of like an old folk ballad called like the unfortunate rake, and 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 that ballad has its own story to it, and much like old like folk ballads slash spirituals, you know those those early songs they branch off like like a tree like a root, and then it grows up into be like fifteen other songs. And then mm-hmm. one of those those branches eventually becomes the streets of Laredo, and it's just like it just tells the story of a dying cowboy telling his story to another cowboy, and like this version specifically, it seems to be about like one guy seeing another guy already dead for something he did, but then is lamenting that his time is coming because, like this dude, this is does like like I do the same shit as that guy, that caused him to die, like I'm gonna die pretty soon too. And so when he hits yeah. those those lower registers, it's it's kind of like that, that that psyche, that mentality of 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 the narrator saying like, "Yes, I'm going to die because I do the same fucking shit as that guy who's already been killed." And that's why it's nasty. That's why it's good stuff. Well, man, it's good. It's really, really good. So good. Love it. All right. So what, Streets of Laredo. What, what was what, what what beat was this for you? That was my four beat. So my yeah, that's my four B. Your four B was we're gonna let the good times roll, let the bad times roll, right? Let the good times roll. All right. So, what is what's your what's your five B then? Do I have like fourteen things highlighted red already? Well, that's that's One, okay. So two, three, four. yeah. Cause, so we did my three and four B. Trouble in me, Streets of Laredo. What are your three and four? We're gonna let the good times roll. My four. So what's your five B? I don't think I have. <laughs> oh my god! I don't think I have a five B. How do you do this? How do you? I must have I missed a five B here, because a lot of times when I'm doing this, like I'm drinking and I'm just like having a good time. Yeah, I don't have a five B. How was that? What, you got you. You got to set it up like I, I do. You got to set do? it up like I, don't I do. Understand what you do? I I literally had just have a have a list. I have a, a short list that just says bangers, and then they're just just the song names are listed. That way I don't miss any of them. So that way when I see, okay, my, my 4B Streets of Laredo, I can just scroll down to Streets of Laredo and then read it. That way I'm not I'm not, I'm not missing out on any Bs. That's stupid. I don't like that. Okay. Well, that's, it works. That's, it clearly, that's, clearly it works like for it me. I don't like it because it's different and I don't like it. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> my next my next highest B would, would uh, 
with that. I mean, like, I'm getting the end game here. Yeah, I, I, really, there's one more song I want to talk about. Which one? The, the, the it's a slow one? song. Yeah, let the sad times roll on. Let it's, the Santos roll on. <laughs> it's a slower jam, very sad, very very melancholy. And uh, Dude, I mean, lead, it's, that lead steel guitar though, man, mm, that is fun. Oh yeah, that's surf music gone oh, yeah. country, straight. And it's up. so loud. It's so loud that that that's like guitar. Fucking love it's, it. It's drippy. It's twangy. It's sad. That's that's Tom Brumley who sang or who had said that that Buck was difficult to work with. Right, that whole like 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 uh, steel guitar thing. That's Tom Brumley that I yeah. mentioned earlier when I did my sisters Tom Belong. He had said that yes. Buck was difficult to work with. Um, I don't know if you read the whole thing about Tom and and Buck their relationship. I did not. But he uh, apparently Ray Charles had reached out to Tom to ask if he wanted to play steel guitar on Ray Charles's album, and Buck intercepted the phone call and said, "Nah, he's not interested." Mm. Even though like they had no contract together they had no like non-compete clause or nothing like that but this was the only time that i kind of was like oh fuck ten of a fucking asshole according to tom 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 brumley who's from misery <laughs> this guy was like six feet tall like six foot two or some shit like that and apparently because of the shitty touring schedule he dropped down to like 130 pounds oh shit because of how like brutal buck's like touring schedule was and he developed ulcers that needed like, like, surgery Fuck. to to the fix, and and I guess Buck was kind of an asshole to him. So there's that's that. That's like, I feel like that's the only account of of Buck being an asshole to somebody. Like I never, I mean, it, it he seems, did have he did have four different wives over his lifetime and and all that. But even still, like I've never really read anything negative about buck owens and i don't think it's i don't think it's negative in the sense that buck's a douchebag i think that buck just expected a lot of his touring bandmates they're called the fucking buckaroos right like come on like what, what do you what do you get what do you, what do you expect not that i'm making excuses yeah, or anything but but like the touring schedule of a musician making a living is 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 got to be tough and like the whole like multiple wives thing like it's easy to quarterback it and think like, oh, I, I, you fucking can't just find a wife. But like, how, how probably it's probably so hard for these guys to like find like a, yeah. like a mate, right? I guess, I guess, yeah. In, in the in the fifties through seventies, you know, with like a, the traditional, you know, housewife, you know, you know, white picket fence Americana nuclear family, family having somebody like Buck Owens in the music industry. That I mean, that could be very difficult on on a woman who's who's not expecting it, you know, who relies on her husband at that point. As kind of fucked up as it is, she's relying on her husband, and um, you know, I, I guess yeah, I guess it's yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's a good song. It is good. It's my six B. So I, what I what I really like about this song is um, the, the the stop and go of the music and really the drums because it's really like it kind of like trudges along that that kind of like got like that's a very very slow kind of trotting gallop of a horse kind of percussive sound and then the 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 latter part of i guess it's the verse or maybe the course i don't know where he says so pour the red wine so and then it stops the red wine stop play, play the, the jukebox the stop and let the, and sad, let the sad times roll, roll on. on oh my god dude the, that writing right there is so simple <laughs> but so fucking perfect. I I think, I think this song is just absolutely incredible and deserves way more See, credit. Every piece of it, shit fucking 
garbage pop country <laughs> artists in the 80s, all you Travis Tritts, all your fucking Randy Jacksons and, and Alan Jacksons and Michael Jacksons. Yes, Randy Jackson. All yes. uh, race car driver Randy Jacksons, all the Jacksons, <laughs> every shitty, <laughs> every shitty fucking eighties and nineties like pop country artists. When they talk about like drinking whiskey and stuff, it's like, dude, he literally just said, "Pour the wet wine." Pour, oh, oh, oh that dude. was a good. <laughs> pour the wet, pour the wet wine. Imagine if you had the accent. Pour the red wine. Play the jukebox <laughs> and let the sad times roll on. That's all you need. It is just, uh, it's just stops. You're right. It just stops. That oh, make man. this song so effective. <laughs> I only have I only have one more piece of a song okay, yeah. I want to get through, and then I'm done. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, one more song. We'll wrap it up. So so what what's the other song? Let's, see, you're still laughing. You're I know. Up, I can't see? help it. it was... I know. That's your yeah, so I know. Continue. See, that's joke. mean. That's rude. That's okay. That's other. Wait, what do you want to talk about? The bank keeps playing on. There's probably other you words that, that describe that. Um, no, falling for you. I'm falling for you. But yeah, the Weezer song. This is uh, that's the, my my seven B. So this is my nine B. But this is my favorite type of rhyming scheme. What did you say? I said butts are for pooping. But oh. continue. this is my favorite type of rhyming scheme. I think it's called the sustain rhyming scheme. It's it's the A A B C C B, and I love this style so much. Because it's so cool. Because it has okay. So the chorus goes, "Oh, the bells start ringing and the birds start singing, and the clock on the corner struck two. Thunder started crashing and the lightning started flashing. Wait, what song? And I knew it was falling time? for you. No, oh, baby, falling for falling you. for you. Sorry, you got to <laughs> you got to keep up, there, kid. <laughs> like that. Yeah, I like this rhyming scheme. I like it because it's fast, it's quick, it's very hip hop inspired. This is what the hip hoppers do all the fucking time. Oh, and I absolutely love it. So I just wanted to bring that one out before I before I yeah. call it a day. Before you out. Oh man. <laughs> Cannot start doing that on the pod because it's super I, fucking annoying. I know it is so annoying, but I, I do it so much in real life now too. You should. You should always do it in real oh, life. Oh my god. And and I I've been I've been doing it so much, but not one person has picked up on it. Tammy hasn't picked that's up even on more, it. Nobody. That's even more annoying. That nobody fucking picks up on it. It, it makes. It I even do the hand thing too. I do the hand yeah. thing too. You you, you kind of you kind of push your hand out. Yeah. Like do the hang loose sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. anyway, nobody right. knows what the fuck we're talking about, but that's fine. Sure. I uh, just look up manic manic Hispanic. Um, yeah. And other things, but um, anyway, so let, let let's wrap it up. Let's give our final thoughts. Let's rate this record based off of our uh, world famous three point rating system, where three is a perfect album, two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to one is a bad album. Give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So, what do you got? Go. This is this is an album that is as it's not just like forgotten about because maybe it is forgotten about because I I, I said earlier that the old people that come into our, my store like know what this is and know what it's about and know everything about Buck Owens and, and Roy Clark and Hee Haw and stuff like that. So mm. it is definitely a forgotten album and it's sad because like the torch is not being passed from, from what I see Buck Owens as to and like even like Taylor Swift, which I don't like even saying her name on our podcast because I, I hate her more and more every single fucking week. Um, I don't. <laughs> we really we know gotta we gotta do her on the pot again sometime though. Gotta Just, do it. I get, I get so irritated with her and all of her bullshit and her bullshit fans. 
But Buck Owens, <laughs> man, like this is just this is this is country music that is not just country music. This is rock. There's rock and roll here. There's there's like contemporary. There's surf music. There's precursors to other like stuff. There's a lot of things going on here, and it's just like good songwriting. And there's a reason why like the Beatles wanted to write a song with Buck Owens. There's a reason why like Ringo like helped or re-recorded Act Naturally with Buck Owens because they loved him and what he did. They loved like these simple, catchy ass yeah, songs. And speaking of that, they in the late eighties they performed the song together. Yeah. Which was pretty cool too, Ringo and, and Buck Owens. And that wasn't like, I, I like a Buck was. Owens thing loving the Beatles. That was like a Ringo thing loving Buck Owens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that is just like, who, like, what the fuck? Like, uh, I don't know. Like, you, you can trace back like your favorite artists because we're you know, in our mid thirties. You can trace back your favorite artists. Like, oh, I grew up listening to this. Who grew up listening to the Beatles? But like, who do the Beatles listen to? The Beatles listen to fucking Buck Owens. Like, that's <laughs> where they other, got other bands. And that's where they got yeah. a lot, but like a lot of their inspiration came from. Well, Buck same Owens. With Chuck a Berry lot. too. I mean, a lot of Chuck Berry as well. I would say Chuck Berry was a bigger influence than Buck Owens. Come on. But Chuck Berry was a big influence because he was just, he was doing like, oh, I want to do that sound. But Buck Owens was like, I want to do that sound, but I want to do it like he does it. And like when I do it, he does it. Yeah. That's Buck Owens. And it's just, it's, 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 it's a national travesty that Buck Owens is not talked about in any way, shape, or form. And that his records yeah. are worth $3. Whereas <laughs> your boy Taylor yeah. Swift over here is worth a hundred we sold one for two hundred fifty dollars. But I also so, think it's like I, I think it's because there there was never like I kinda wanna compare him to, to Johnny Cash because Johnny Cash had this huge slump for like twenty years. And it wasn't until he was kind of like redis I mean I, I hate to say it because you also hate this producer, but Rick Rubin kind of rediscovered Johnny Cash. He found out he 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 heard like through the grapevine that Johnny Cash had been playing at like a local like bar for the last 15 years, you know, while people were eating dinner, you know, it was just like, he was just there. He wasn't, people weren't there to see Johnny Cash. They were there to eat dinner. And he went, he went to this restaurant to go meet up with Johnny Cash just like randomly. And then he kind of like reinvigorated his whole career in the late nineties, early two thousand before he died. That's, that's, I feel like that's stupid though. But I also feel like Buck Owens didn't have that person because like Johnny Cash was obviously he was amazing in the 50s. He didn't 60s and need 70s, a reinvigoration of his career though. He had a successful career since the late 50s all the way through the fucking 90s. Johnny Who, Cash Johnny was doing Yeah, Johnny Cash was no, doing one two What are you talking about? He was no. doing one two albums a year until the fucking early 90s. But but it was but, a Rick Rubin time, that reinvigorated his career. No, yeah, but he really did. The last did, six though. albums he really that did, he did. Yeah, the last six albums that he like, did yes, from, like, from like from like the, the, fuck the you early 80s. About? From like the early 80s to like the mid to late 90s, Johnny Cash was was down and out. He really was down and out. Down like, and out. He had released albums in the mid 50s. Yeah. So I, for I understand years that. he had a successful career in the lat. What do you what? Yeah, no. and then he was down and down out. and out. He was what down and out for a while. Down and out. He the was. arguably the most like iconic country artist of all time was down and out. Get the fuck out of here. 
He was though. Rick Rubin act like, saved act him. like Rick Rubin reinvigorated Johnny Gash's career, bitch. He did, bitch. Get the well, he, fuck are out of here. Get, get off Rick Rubin's dick. You, you can't deny, over here. but you can't. Johnny Cash you can't reinvigorated deny, oh Rick Rubin's career. So you you're even you're full finish. of shit right here. You're, you're, you're full of shit. You said Rick Rubin reinvigorated Johnny Cash's career. He did. Oh my Considering how popular those records were, how considering how popular those Rick Rubin records were. They're not that popular, bro. What are you talking they are, about? Though. They are not that popular. They're not. Oh my god. They're not. Okay. okay. They're not. I'm telling you. Anyway, I'm telling you continue, for. If I, I work. I just work at a record store. I'm telling you, they're not. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't even fucking believe that you said like Rick Rubin reinvigorated Johnny Cash's career in the late '90s. He did. Yes. I, I, and oh I stand by god. It. And I stand by it. So um, he, he, anyway, Johnny Cash released one album in the late '90s. Okay, late nineties, early two thousands, whatever, whatever. So, so like Johnny Cash released. So Johnny Cash had released. Johnny Cash released forty albums up until Rick Rubin got him, and Rick Rubin released four. Yeah, and those are wildly successful, Mm -hmm. and really, really kind of, like I said, reinvigorated his career. Like introduced a lot of his old music to more modern audiences. Didn't need it. Absolutely didn't fucking need it. Especially with the Nine Inch Nails cover. You are stupid if you think that. Especially that Nine Inch Nails cover. Fuck out of here. I'm not just, saying I'm not saying the, f- the modern you, songs oh are better. God, I'm not the saying the modern thing songs you've are ever better. fucking said in the podcast. Like legit. <laughs> As if Johnny Cash needed <laughs> Rick Rubin. Get the fuck out of here. Johnny Cash is is, is 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 a legend. Not a hero, a legend. You watch the Sandlot, heroes get remembered, legends never die. Johnny Cash is a legend. Johnny Cash did he not is. need no, Rick totally. Rubin. It was nice, that little boost of confidence towards the end of his life before he died. Yeah, that was great. What the fuck out of here? Like Johnny Cash needed Rick Rubin, please, please. I didn't say he needed him, please. But it certainly helped his career. That's for please. sure, dude. Well, okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Good lord, talk well, about trigger right there. That was round, stupid. What you said that was fucking round, dumb. Round out your your buck Owens because you're being fussy. It's late. I know it's late. You're fussy. Um, you, I, I've noticed like round I, it out. The the longer we do the pod, and the later it gets the. Dumber your shit says. The dumber your shit that comes out of your mouth your is. Shit the dumber your shit says. <laughs> like your shit talks, and the dumber it says. Like, yeah. Okay. You know what I mean, like all Mr. Right. Hanky, like all the right. shit. Yeah. God, I get stupid. it. It's not a great joke at all, but continue, continue the um the Buck R- Owens roundup. Cash also was not a great joke. Okay. Once again, um, the Buck Owens rucker round rucker wrap up. And so so I can I can say stupid things when you say rucker out. Oh that, that's dude. okay. That's all right though. Here we go. Here we go. No, go, okay, I'm ready to go. No, I, I'm I'm done. I think this is I think this is a perfect album. This is one of the greatest country albums of all time. Buck Owens is, is a national treasure that should be. Oh, don't do that, please. That's on the no no list. National treasure? Yes. Why? That's, That's on not the no no list. Yes, it is. National treasure. Yeah, calling calling somebody a national treasure is on the no no list. But what if they are a national treasure? No, no, no. It's on the no no list. That's, That's stupid. No, I don't think that's on the well, okay. list. It's on the no-no list. Do not say no, that on the podcast. Oh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Hold, hold on there. Okay. Anyway, uh, what, what are you going to rate the record? I got to really know, but if, if National Treasure's on the no-no, I don't think it is because it Pretty shouldn't sure be on the list, and it shouldn't be on the list <sighs> it, because some things are a national treasure. Some things help define not just like it's okay our subset of the world. It's it, it, but it, music it's in equivalent. General. That's silly. It's That's equivalent silly. to. Protect this man at all costs. No, or it's not. I will die not at all. Yes, not at is. all in any way, shape, or yeah, form. Not at all. 
a national treasure is something that like helps define not just like our nation, our country, our subsect of America, Southern California, but also oh music God. in general. What do you mean? Oh my God! What if I had okay. said like Chuck Berry's a national treasure? Like, oh, fuck Joe, say that. What are you talking just, about? Just, just, it's not what it actually means, but the actual, but just the the phrase itself is so aggravating. But continue. So, you, so you're just mad because some fucking dumb oh white girl God. said it on Instagram. Get the fuck off your high horse with your Rick Rubin <laughs> shit, dude. Chuck, or Buck Owens is a national. Chuck Berry, Buck yes. Owens. Chuck Berry's a national treasure. Ray Charles, fucking. The, we can, the list goes on forever. Buck Owens is a national treasure. He should be cherished. He should be, he should be put into stone somewhere. There should be like a cemetery, like like uh, the the Arlen Cemetery, or not Arlen, because it's a fictitious city in King of the Hill, the Arlington <laughs> Cemetery. Arlington, yeah. But there should be one in for Virginia, like musicians, yeah. where it's just like it's just headstones, and they just list like a you know what I mean like Buck Owens, fucking. I like Jim Morrison, but you don't. But Jim Morrison and like all these other cool people because they are they are so impactful to music history that they belong in there. And yeah, Buck it's Owens nice belongs idea. there. Yeah. Well. You're kind of a little cuck. You're kind of a little bitch tonight. Um, but yeah, this this is a perfect record. This is perfect three out of three. There's nothing wrong with this record. It is it is it is better than you think it is. Like you personally, Tyler Rebecca. Oh, me personally, yeah. This is yeah, better than you personal. think it is. Um, if I could give it a higher than a three, I would. So I will. But it's a three point okay. two. Three point two. Come on. Now we're getting crazy. Three three is is the max here. This is Don't unbelievably good. This is unbelievably. You've never good. given a Blink record or a Weezer record more than a three. So get out of here because just, they don't. You're, they don't. You're, mean, get, you're getting too wild. I, I would give Pinkerton like a three point five. But you haven't. So we haven't done Pinkerton so long. Well, I don't think we did Pinkerton new format. That's right. Yes, we have. Yes, we. Oh, we definitely did. We definitely did. Ah, we did it twice. <sighs> Anyway, all right, so so yeah, you gave it a, a three out of three, a perfect three out of three. This record, I mean, it's 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 so influential, and it's so unfortunate that that people, more people, haven't heard of Buck Owens or this record or just anything in this in this style. Um, it's truly a shame, especially people who like country music. It's like, come on, dude, do do a little bit of research, find out kind of where this came from, not just your Johnny Cash. Like, okay, everybody knows Johnny or Rick Cash. Rubin. Or Rick Rubin, obviously. I didn't want obviously. to say it, but yeah, obviously Rick Rubin. We'll but but no, seriously, right? like, do your research. Buck Owens inspired so much. Like you said, the Beatles, every country artist we've known since. And um, the style, the sound, the hot sound, Bakersfield sound is just, it's something really, really, really cool. That's three reallys. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Just give this a perfect three out of three. It really is truly a perfect fucking record. <laughs> Three reallys out of three. <laughs> three reallys out of three. <laughs> Stupid. Good. Stupid. Good. Um, yeah, so I don't know. That, that's all I got for Buck Owens, on, and I've got a tiger by the tail. And uh, you have anything else? Got a tiger by the tail. That's good. All right. Cool. So we got some real heavy hitters the next five weeks. Just heavy hitter after heavy hitter. It's heavy be a hitters. Good, good time. Not always good, but they're heavy hitters. <laughs> that's no, that's very very true. I think people are going to be entertained, to say the least. Um, Skip, start guessing now. Start guessing now. But uh, that's it. That's all.